has increased significantly. It is so amazing. The people that are out there that you're talking to, one, you don't know if it's a mental illness or some of them with the legalizing of marijuana. You're just talking to people that aren't even coherent half the time. And so you just say, you know what, I, is it me? Am I crazy? And God is like, no, that's just the world you're in. But if you just let go, that's what Sunday, that's what we were talking about last week with why do we come to church? Why? What is the reason? Why do we come here? Because we have to shed that. We have to let that go. We have to take it off. We have to rid ourselves, rid ourselves, rid ourselves of the world and just say, you know what? I'm in God's presence. My soul needs a chance to catch up with my body. It's a communion time. It's a, it's a Sabbath day of rest. And so it's a command that we just rest, that we anchor ourselves and just rest and say, I'm disconnecting. I'm disconnecting. I'm, I'm hitting the off button, power off, sleep mode. And I'm just in God's presence because in order for me to deal with what's out there. And the hardest thing ever is when someone is in charge of something that pertains to you and they're not operating 100%. That's scary when it's one thing when you can just move past people with certain craziness, but when you have to deal with somebody and they have like a yes or a no that they believe that they can speak over your situation, yeah, yeah. you're working for them, or they gotta they feel like, oh, I got power over you because if I say yes, I can move you this way. If I say no, but the Bible says the heart of the king, the heart of the king is in God's hand. And guess what God does? God turns it to the left. He turns it to the right. He moves people based on what he wants done in your life. So I just need to just let go of the world today. I'm just going to let go of the world. I'm letting that part go, and I'm just going to stand in God's presence. And that's what we're here to do. Amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. Thank you. We just let go of the world today. And let's stand in his presence. Let's stand in his presence. Um, Amen. Well, welcome to God's house. Are you guys standing? I guess, should I preach? I, was, I wasn't going to preach, but everybody's standing up. Y'all ready for the word? Yeah, y'all ready? Okay, let's do it then. Okay, let's do it. Hey, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I ain't mad at you. Let's go. Let's go. I, I did. I did. Oh, see, and so I'm like somewhere else in God's presence. I'm like, I'm sorry. I got to get mine too. I got to get mine too. Amen. We're going old school with paper notes. Um, and um, as we're preparing, um, Nicole is going to put up, well, we're going to do a couple things as we're prepping, but we're going to do this. Um, we're going to do our declaration of faith, amen? And so as we prepare, we're going to um, have the declaration of faith, and we're going to go into the word, amen. Do you love his word? I love his law, I love his word, I love his statutes, his precepts, everything that he has uh, said to me. But we are going to, this is our new declaration, and uh, of course some of our family is on vacation, but I think a lot of people caught this last week, and we will be saying this um, as we go into the word every week. Amen? Let me hear you say it. Amen? Amen. Say it louder like you live, like you're alive. Amen. Okay, like you live and breathe and have your move, move, moving in God, move, whatever the scripture is. Okay, you know what I'm saying. All right, let's go. This is my Bible. You can repeat after me. This is my Bible. My Bible is the word of God. The word of God is Jesus Christ. It is my weapon because it is infallible. The word slays sickness. This word defeats demons. The word eradicates hidden faults. Deliberate sin. 
transgressions and abomination. My Bible is the ultimate truth. This truth invades the darkness and exposes weaknesses, lies, cowardice, and doubt. My Bible injects hope, love, and trust into my insecurities. Demanding that I raise my level of expectation. Uh, you feel that? It assures me that my Lord guarantees that I will triumph. Over all the forces in the world arrayed against me. Because he is the God of the angel armies. I conquer, I see results, I overcome because of my Bible. Amen. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, clap your hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It gets rid of my insecurities. It, get rid, it gets rid of our sin. It gets rid of our frailties. It gets rid of every dark thing, transgressions, abomination, and it injects hope, and it slays sickness, and it defeats demons, and it makes me raise my level of expectation. I expect something from God. I know God is going to do it. I see God doing it before it's even done because I know the power of the God of the angels armies and with that I have hope with that I conquer with that I see results so God we thank you as we open the word we will open the power of the most high God we thank you for that opportunity Lord strengthen everyone here that as we said earlier that will let go of the world let go and come into your presence God we thank you for your presence in Jesus name Amen, 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 amen. So last week we talked about why go to church. Like, why bother when you can go to brunch, when you can go hang out with your family, when you can have a picnic, if you have a nice house, you can go in the backyard on the picnic. There's so many other options besides um, going to church. There's so many other things we can do. So this week, we, we did some things. When we were at the hotel, um, I did this message, and God is just like, after we left last week, God said, you can't just talk about why going to church without talking about the role of why you need a pastor. So last week, we talked about why go to church, and this week, we're going to talk about why go to pastor why we need a pastor, but before we do that, we gotta uh, view this video. Now, this video is interesting because when you view it, you're gonna think about relationships, but I want you to also view it just because it speaks to anyone trying to talk about, tell you um, something in your life whenever you're ready, Nicole. Um, and it's a, it's a pop, many people probably already saw it on YouTube because it's really, really a popular video, but it will give you a visual, okay? It'll give you a visual of what it means when God sends someone to speak something to you. Can you guys see that or do we need the lights off? Can somebody hit the lights? And we now have a beautiful cover over the um, thing so now we can see the screen better. it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop I mean that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop yeah well 
you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop. There's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head it is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine, I will listen, fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, Ow. if you would just- Don't! Try to see things my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go? Somebody and say it's not about the nail. Okay. <laughs> in our view, in our estimation, it's not about the nail. We think, um, you know, we think if we could just, if you could just hear me out, and that that works. Um, it works with it works with relationships, but it also works with pastoring because a lot of times. Last week we talked about as servant leaders, you see, um, it was foresight. God gives you foresight, and so you're seeing down the road. And so somebody is saying, "No, but you don't understand where I am." And God is saying, "Okay, allow the allow the shepherd to to let you take you just." a little bit further down the road and then you can see the big picture and so we see a nail and you want somebody to listen and sometimes we do we do need to make sure that we listen because we have to be empathetic we talked about that too that you have to be empathetic but sometimes it's just difficult because you're going there's a nail and if we could just get that one little thing out of your situation then we could shift some things and you go ah, don't touch my nail and so it makes it different difficult so um, some time ago we talked about um, the different types of shepherds and I just feel like we need to go back because one we're new people two we're in a new situation we're in a new building uh, we're we're in a new um, environment we're just in a new season with the church the church is growing so if you've heard this before oh, thank you if you've heard this before then um, just roll with me because I just feel like it needs it bears repeating uh, because we know in Psalm 23 um, he said you anoint my head with oil because he is a good shepherd amen so let's see, turn with me to, um, I don't have glasses, uh-oh, um, excuse me, turn with me to John 10. 
And Nicole, I apologize, I didn't give you the scriptures. And if you guys would just give me one second to grab my glass. They're not where they're supposed to be. Okay, John 10, and when we get there, say the word works. The word works. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so um, this is a familiar passage, but I just want to read a couple verses um, just out of it really quickly just to remind you um, of what, um, what God is, uh, what he's saying. John 10. All right, and let's look at John 10, verse 1. Are you there? Okay, the word works. I tell you the truth. I only heard one person. Does the word works? Did you pull up your Bible apps or whatever? I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this as a figure of speech, but they did not understand. And he told them later, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So this is the visual picture. What he's using is he's using um, uh, the, the, the view of a shepherd and a sheep. And so we know a lot of us see a couple of things. Um, we always think of a shepherd with a staff, okay, with a long staff. And a lot of times it's not just because of my height, but a lot of the times the shepherd's staff will be longer than them. And so the reason why a shepherd would uh, have a long, a very long staff is because it, it was for two reasons. Because when, they, when the sheep would go out and would be following them, um, a lot of times if they were in cleffy area where it was a lot of cliffs and rocks or, or there was a staggered ground or if they were falling off a cliff, the shepherd needed to be able to put out the staff and hook them either by the leg or the neck. So they, if the sheep was falling, they always would hook them. And so that's the purpose of the hook at the beginning, at the top. And the, or they would hook them if they go too far. The goal is to hook the sheep and to bring them in a little bit closer. So they kept them with this at all time. Even if they didn't use it, it was like, what do we know in Psalm 23? His rod and his staff do what? They comfort me. So it's not there to beat them and bruise them, but it's there to save them in case they're in a dangerous situation. And so he gives them this. And so there are a lot of um, reasons we also have seen the picture of the sheep over the neck of a shepherd. Now, there's a lot of myths out there. The myth is, is that the shepherd would break the sheep's leg and put them on. Like if the sheep was not listening or obeying, then they would break his leg and he would carry him on his neck. And then after the leg healed, he would be close enough. But they say oftentimes that's a myth because they've never been able to find anything that validates that. And one um, expert with sheep said, actually, you could almost kill the, she the sheep if you break their leg. So there's a lot of myths about that. But um, ultimately, 
you see a lot of shepherds holding some sheep, walking by, holding some lamb around their neck. The idea is to keep them close enough and to listen. Just listen to my voice. Get to the place where you're close enough, where you walk with me and you hear, hear the rhythm. And it's something about like when Grace was a baby and the doctor would say that when she was in utero with me, she could hear the heartbeat of my heartbeat in, in utero. Or if you talk to the baby, you could hear them. Or And then when uh, she was born, she wanted to lay on her father's chest because when she laid on his chest, she could feel the heartbeat. And there's a safety there when you feel that heartbeat. And so what God tells us is lay on my chest because I am the multi-breasted one. And so when you lay on me, then you begin to feel my heartbeat and you know there's a safety there. And so even now, she's no longer an infant, but she's four years old. But when she gets upset or discomforted, the first thing she says is, Daddy, Daddy, I just want to lay where? On your chest so I can feel that heartbeat and that comfort. So some of the lambs will just be closer to the shepherd and some will kind of wander off, but they know ultimately, even if I go too far, there's a what? There's a rod and a staff to comfort me and to pull me in and to make sure that I'm safe. And so I know I'm safe. So part of why we go to church, like we said last week, part of the reason why we go to church is because it cuts depression by what? 25, 27%. It, marriages are saved 35% and we're going to go on to share you more and more rate, uh, scenarios, but we don't just go to church to be disconnected. We go to church so that there is what ultimately somebody who is close enough to me who can link me in and, and pull me back when I've wandered away. So uh, one scripture says, be careful, be careful that you don't wander away from the faith, okay? That you don't wander away from the faith. So what happens, what does that mean? Wandering gives you the visual, Byron, of I'm close, but then slowly. It's a slow process where I just begin to inch away, inch away further and further and further where I don't, I don't realize, but all of a sudden I'm just too far. And so you need a shepherd to say, you know what? I haven't seen you. Where are you? Are you okay? What's going on? That right there wouldn't do that. Let's pull you back in because the shepherd, this is what's so awesome. The shepherd go at night. He has a watchman that comes. So the sheep are always covered. Even if the shepherd has to go away, the sheep are always covered. So it says that at dawn, at the break of dawn, the shepherd is back on his, on his point, back at his job, making sure the sheep are okay. And he walks with them and he smells like sheep and the sheep smell like him because they're walking together. It's a sense of we're doing life together. We're doing life together. And so one time, Pastor Daryl and I had to have a hard conversation with one of our, 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 our sheep. And then we said this, but we're doing life together. And when you walk with people and you have to say, ah, 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 it may not feel good when I yank you in, but boy, when you get closer, then you go back to that heartbeat and you go, okay, this is what God commanded that we make sure that we have a shepherd or someone to do what? That says, you know what? That right there, let me pull you in. Or they might just use the edge of the thing and just tap you a little bit. So the sheep go, oh, okay. Now, this is interesting because it says the Palestinian shepherd didn't follow the sheep. The Palestinian shepherd walked in front of the sheep and the sheep followed the shepherd, okay? And so it says that there was oftentimes what they would have is a huge pen of sheep. And so different shepherds would keep their sheep all together. And so in the, it, what would happen is in the morning, the, shep, the shepherd would come out and say, okay, come on, come on, let's go. He would call them by name and the sheep would all start to disperse to go to the shepherd that they were assigned to or that they knew that they were walking with. So even if they're in a crowd, when they 
they hear that voice, they know. And that's one thing about God, man. You know that you know, you know. Like last week when I was talking about being at that Kappa party and something just didn't feel right. And next thing I knew, we're at a, at a church having a party. And I was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. This is just a little bit too off off track. I'm, you know, maybe at Howard and party and everything, but I don't party on the property of God's house. So y'all take ride the car, but I'm going to, because I knew God's voice and God's voice was doing this, 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 this. Hey, you, 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 you right here. Uh, I need to hook you back in. Or it might be a phone call right when you're going somewhere and that phone call say, hey, what are you doing? Pastor Daryl talks about his mother some one time calling him and saying, Daryl, what did she say? Daryl, Daryl, whatever you're doing, stop it right now. And so he was like, uh, and he had a girl in his house and everything. And the girl was like, oh, your mother's tripping. He's a girl, get, get, get up, get out of there. And she was like, you gonna live, you a grown man. Your mother doesn't even live in this state. I know, but I know the voice, what the voices are actually saying. So you, you, you. So that's when you like, gotta, I got to nudge. The, the rod came to nudge. Is it a little warm in here? Because it's just me. But if you could put, give me a little bit of air. I don't want to cold everybody out. We can never find the balance with the air. So you just want to, you know, you sometimes you need that, that rod. Um, okay, I didn't know if it was, um, if my, look, my mother's here. So I, I had to put my jacket on. I was like, I don't have no sleeves on. So I'm up here about to burn up and pass out because my shepherd is here. Okay. <laughs> She will come and give me. I told Zandra before church, I said, girl, I'm going to keep this jacket off. But when my mother walks in, I got to put the coat on. And she was like, I know that's right. You know. <laughs> One time I was at Faithful Central, and it was a women's conference. And it was, uh, uh, what's the woman, Paula White? And all these other, I mean, I was like, ooh, I done made it to the big time. I'm rolling with the big dogs. And I was up there preaching, and she stepped in, and she slid in in the back, and it was all hundreds of people in the room, and I was right in the zone, and I said something, and this one right here in the blue said, uh-uh-uh, that right there, no ma'am, no ma'am. And I was like, did she just publicly, dis did she say, mm-mm, no, 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 no. So I was like, uh, oh, okay, I'm going to get my train of thought back at some point. But I mean, but she taught, I mean, she, she was training me and she taught me how to preach, but she was like, some stuff, you, you go, she did this. You right there, that conversation and that message, nope, you got to tell the sheep the right thing, amen? So let's go through the mindset of the sheep so that you can understand who we are and why God tells us that we need a sheep because we find that when you come in church and the reason why we're joined to a church and God joins you to a shepherd and joins you to someone is because what he's saying is you can trust their rod and their staff. You can trust that they have something in your life where they will reach this and pull you in if you wander too far or they'll be, you'll be able to walk with them and get to where you're going or you'll be able to get to them and get to the green pastures that you need to be for because we we use Psalm 23 many of us memorize it as a child but we don't really fully understand what God is saying the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want so when you're in the right environment with the right shepherd you don't want for anything even if you're going through a hard time at the core of your gut you're saying I have everything what I need God has provided what I need right here so when we were starting Hallel we were like okay we have two pastors that we love two men of God that we walk with and we don't know which one that the church should be under one was a dad and one was more like a pastor and we were struggling man we were like okay we we don't even know and so we talked to them both and and we were like okay well what should we do and they both said God is going to tell you which one of us you're supposed to pass or God respects the fact that you want to be covered and then one Bishop Mary said this and we will never forget it on that phone he said whoever you decide to pastor that's who you're going to grow under 
And he said, you will grow if this is the problem. If you get under the wrong pastor, you won't grow. So he said, so you have to pray and look for God to speak to you because whoever you get under, they're going to be the ones to hook you in and pull you in, and that's going to be the one to make you grow. So when we finally made the decision, both of them said this, okay, this is how we're going to do it. We'll pastor you, and the other one will father you, but you're okay. You will. We understand we'll work together to keep you on track. And we were like, thank you, Lord, but we, we prayed over that. Because we're like, this is somebody I'm going to walk with. This is somebody who might have to pick me up and throw me over his shoulders and say, you know what, i got to carry you because you're having a rough time right now. And so just as we deliver it and we, shepherd, we get shepherded to make sure that we're shepherding you properly, that's what you want. You want God to give you the right place where you're pulled in and you're stuck in. Now, this is the dilemma is that we're in an era where people want to pastor themselves. Okay, so the sheep are saying, you know what, I'm cool. You know, I, it was so interesting. My daughter goes to the the, the zoo and and she has um and she has the, the the little petting area. She has one of the the sheep that that's just her girl, Felicity. And so every day when we, mommy, we go once a week. Mom, where are we gonna go? I want to go see Felicity. And it's like a singing group because it's Felicity, Fancy, Faye, and Felicia. I'm not lying, right? And so they have their little area, and you could go in there and you could just you could rub the sheep and then and you could brush them and you know and then the, the caregivers talk to them like they're people and all this kind of stuff so so Felicity and Fancy and Felicia and Fanny and Faye oh and then there's mother the mother sheep her name is Beth now Beth is the, the Beth is the, the church mother she sits on the on the front row so they said that when the baby sheep came in Beth because she's older Beth was about to die but it said what well, this is what the zookeeper said she said but when the baby sheep came in when Felicia Fancy Faye and Felicity all came in and they were babies. It said that Beth kind of came to life again. And as a mother sheep, she was like, I got to make sure that these babies were okay. So right when they thought that Beth was out the door, Beth kind of got a second win. And so she started making sure. So now that all the other sheep are older, you know, Beth is kind of taking a back seat a little bit. But she had to make sure that they understood that the zookeepers, the shepherds there are taking care of them and they're there. So we started talking to them. And so, you know, they can get, she can get really stressed out. So so it's, they have this whole area where you can play and you can do all this stuff, but they have one area that's roped off right in the middle, and when the sheep get too skittish, they can go to their safety zone. And that's where the kids can't get to them, because you have two-year-olds pulling on you, parents kicking dirt and all this stuff, and so it's just, it can get to be a lot. So the sheep will go into this little safety area, but the, but the, 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 the quote-unquote shepherds of, these, of this flock of sheep, they're very protective over them, and they know them, and they tell me the personality of Faye and how Faye, you can't get to her on the side. You got to scratch her on her back. And so, you know, why they had their wool shaved. And so they said this about sheep. Sheep have four stomachs. Okay? Because when they're sitting there talking, they're constantly chewing. Like when we're sitting there rubbing the sheep, they're so Grace said, did they just eat? So she said, no, baby, they have four stomachs. So they eat, they take it in, and it goes down into one stomach, and they move it around, then they pull it back up, and they chew it a little bit more, and it goes down into another stomach. And then they chew, 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 that goes around, and then it comes back up, and it goes into another stomach. So this is an all-day process. So when sheep go out to graze, the idea is before they were domesticated, a lot of them, they never knew when they could eat again. So what they would do is God made them with four stomachs so that they could 
eat all day long constantly and have enough to meditate on. So that's why when you come in during the week or midweek, you're getting something so I can chew on this and go over. That's why we make the scripture to go. You need something to chew on when you're doing throughout the week. Why do we say, okay, we're going to have a scripture contest, memorize the scripture to go, because you need something to chew on. And it may not hit you in stomach one, but baby, by the time you get to Friday, stomach four may be like, what was that word again? What would that rod and thou staff did? What? Tell me something. I need another word because you need something to chew on. So sometimes sheep didn't know when they were going to eat again. So they're constantly chewing because they're like, yeah, I got hay today, but I don't know when I'm going to have something else. And so what has happened now that a lot of sheep are like, you know what? I got a good word. I went online. I could go on TV. I could turn it on in my Sirius XM radio in my car. I can go to YouTube and get a five-minute word. I can go to YouTube and get a 90-minute word. I can go on the internet and pull up just who I want to listen to. So why do I need a pastor? I can go on Twitter and get a 160-character word. I can go on, oh, and you know, this new ministry, you can text them your, your number. They'll text you back and send you a word whenever you need it. I don't have to know the shepherd. I don't need a rod and a staff. I can just listen and regurgitate and listen and regurgitate. But this is the thing. When you just go out and grab aimless words out there, you you don't ever know when you're wandering. So you're, you may be way over here. You might be, this is the safety ground right here, but you're way over here just going further and further and further word. And then you're like, you're like stomach four is set, but there's nothing in stomach one, stomach two, stomach three. So you're like, I'm good. I don't really need it. You know, I have a tough decision to make, but thy word is in my heart like a light. Oh, no, wait, that's not the scripture. Um, Thy word I hid in my gut. No, that's not it. Well, that's another, that's a message translation. Um, Thy word is good. It's something, but the good, the Bible, it's the good book. It's good. It's something I can't remember exactly, um, but the word. The word will guide me. That's what I need to do. That's all. And you don't realize you're down the street, and you don't have anybody's rod or staff to say, no, 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 come here. Before you even, you don't even have to mull over that decision. That decision might mess you up. So you need to walk with the shepherd. You need to have somebody right there with you saying yes or no, and this thing or that thing. Yeah, you don't have to stay up under me. You don't always have to be on my shoulder. But you do need someone close enough where the rod is close enough, and it can pull you in. But what is happening? with the mega church the mega church said just go and hide and you can call it a church but that doesn't mean you're being pastored and so what happened is people got or accustomed to hiding and then people got hurt in the church and then they went through this thing and then shepherds started falling because they didn't have a shepherd and so then all of a sudden we started seeing shepherds and pastors being exposed so then we said we can't even trust them no more let's come up with a new concept let's come up with a pastorless church and so now what we'll do is a group of people will just decide is this the way we're gonna go so a whole group of sheep will go we don't who's gonna hold the ride you hold the ride no you held it last week no you hold it or I just you know I'm just gonna come and share and give my ultimate feelings but the Bible says that he has given us what shepherds shepherds so look at this look at Ephesians 4 with me and um and uh, uh Nicole you can go you can put it up on the screen Ephesians 4 I believe it's 11 and 12 Ephesians 4 11 and 12 it's somewhere in my notes we should all know it by heart anyway. 
But, um, and this is a critical scripture to know. It may not be that if you touch your hair three times and spin around, you're going to get a feel-good blessing. But this is the structure of what God does. Here it is right here. Now, these are the gifts. So what God did is the church, uh, my, my, my uh, dad is here, and he told us one day, we were talking um, about ministry and all that stuff. And he said, now keep in mind, daughter. And when he said this, I said, okay, I better really listen because he's about to drop some knowledge. He said, you're talking about a 2,000-year-old institution, okay? And I said, you know what? That is very powerful. So this is what God gave to his institution. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to do what? Equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, um, um, Nicole, while I'm talking, if you could pull up the amplified version of this message, that would be real helpful. So he gave, this is what we call, um, Jarrell, raise your hand up because I can't do it. This is what we call the five-fold ministry gift, okay? So this, like, this, is, and this is the problem. A lot of people try to live off the three-finger ministry gift. And God said, no, 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 no. It's a what? It's five-fold, okay? It's the apostle the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist, okay? Those are the five leadership gifts. Those are the gifts that God's given to us to direct the church. And so the apostle is the overseer, okay? The prophet brings a word from God of correction. And this is the thing. A lot of people always want prophecy, but prophecy is not always if you give $20, you're going to get 20 blessings. That's not what prophecy is. Prophecy is rebuke and correction, and it speaks of a foreknowledge or a forewarning warning. It tells you of something to come and it doesn't guarantee just because somebody spoke it to you that it is going to happen. I see in my spirit that the Lord said in five days you're going to marry a man and he's going to have five pairs of shoes and he's going to have five diamonds. I mean, you know, when people come up with all that stuff and we have to be very careful as to what God is called, what is really prophecy, okay? Prophecy is a forewarning and so prophecy must, may say if you stay in the things of God, this will take place. If you leave the things of God, you will be out of the will of God. This is the Amplified, and he gives, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us. Say, gave men to us. Okay? So that means that there are earthly leaders. They're flawed, and we can make mistakes, but nonetheless, we're given by God. Some to be apostles, which are special messengers to the church. Some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, okay? Some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, because somebody has to go out to come in. Some pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body. Amen? You got it? So I just wanted to give you another view. Now, this is the thing. People can prophesy, but just because somebody prophesies, it doesn't mean they're a prophet. You got that? Okay? So people can prophesy, but just because they give you a word, it doesn't mean they're a prophet. The office of the prophet is consecrated. And so what you might find is that you might also find that some people operate in more than one capacity of the fivefold. So one may be a pastor teacher. Another may be a pastor prophet. And so you have to understand when they're wearing certain hats. You might see a lot of pastors that are elevated to bishops and apostles and they're overseers. And then they eventually pull out of pastoring one church and they will begin to pastor pastors and they'll travel all over and so they operate more in an apostleship and so those are the different those are the different qualities that he's given to the church now let's go back to sheep 
Okay, because I want to give you these points about sheep, and then I want to talk about the shepherd, and then we're done. Now, sheep, these are just different qualities about sheep just to know um, who you are. Sheep can be stressed when they're separated from their flock members, okay? So this is the thing. You have a lot of sheep that try to go solo, but when you're separated from the flock, you can get very stressed because they're used to being herded and kept together in a group. Sheep are frequently thought of as extremely unintelligent animals, but then somebody said, you know what, they may be thought of as unintelligent, but ultimately it's just understanding their mentality. A shepherd's, um, a sheep's herd mentality and quickness to flee and, 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 I can't talk, their mentality to be herded together and kept in a group. And they also have a tendency to be quick to flee and panic in the face of stress, often makes the shepherding difficult. So this is the thing. The tendency of sheep is to panic. If, if, if a wolf comes or if something comes, they panic. And panic is an interesting part, part of fear because panic will do this. Panic will be irrational. You'll make a quick decision, a quick irrational decision because you got frightened real quick. One little thing and then all of a sudden, nah, I'm leaving, I'm gone. One little thing and then you flee. And when you flee, it's irrational so you do something crazy. Okay, so a lot of people might be, they're driving and somebody jumps out and they panic and instead of hitting the brake, they hit the gas and so they take off driving. You know, all kind of things can happen when you panic. And so what happens is then the shepherd, it's hard for the shepherd to pull them in because they're doing aimless, um, erratic behavior. And so I'm trying to help you, but you're freaked out and you're panicking and you're freaking out. So I'm trying to calm down, calm down. I'm trying to pull you in. And they're just, they're just like, oh my God, ah, it's so hard to make a decision right now. So all sheep have a tendency to congregate close together. Okay. So we have to keep them together for sheep. This is interesting. The primary defense mechanism that sheep has is to just flee when they get dangerous. When, when they get upset and nervous, the first thing they do, well, I'm gone. That's just the nature of sheep, okay? Just to flee the minute they get in danger. In displaying their flocking, this is interesting. Sheep have a strong lead-follow tendency. And so what happens is my mom all, all calls it a lead sheep. So what happens is even though there's a shepherd, there's usually a lead sheep in the group. And so that lead sheep, the other sheep will kind of look at the lead sheep and say, I'm, I was going to run, but wait, what are you going to do first? And then it's just, 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 just stay here for a minute. We're going to be okay. Are you sure? Because I don't know what's going on. It's okay. The shepherd's here. So the shepherd will be over there. And then see, look, look, here they come, here they come. It's all going to be rectified. So a lot of times the sheep will listen to a lead sheep, okay? Sheep, um, this is a, da, 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 da. sheep have a tendency to move out of darkness. I love this one and into a well-lit area. So this is the thing, when you wonder why you come to church, because when you're outside of the things of God, you go, you may be in darkness, but your tendency is to come into a well-lit area and to follow uh, the sheep. Now, let's think about Psalm 23. You anoint my head with oil. My, my sheep are anointed. When God, what do we say in Psalm 23? He anoints my head with oil. Say that with me. He anoints my head with oil. And if you heard me teach on sheep before, you might remember there's two reasons why sheep are anointed. Number one, say preventative measure. measure. Number two, to soften the blow. blow. Say it with me, preventative measure measure. and to soften the blow. blow. 
So this is what it is. The shepherd will always have oil with them because the sheep always get infected. They have viruses. They have parasites. So what a lot of times the shepherd will do is they'll, he will anoint their eyes, their nose, and their ears, and their mouth, okay? Their eyes, their nose, and their ears, and mouth. The things you see have to be anointed. The things you hear have to be anointed. The things you take in have to be anointed see, so that he is trying to prevent infection coming in. And so a lot of times you'll go, I didn't feel nothing when I went up there and got prayed for, it's okay. It's just preventative measure. Well, I, 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 you know, I was just talking to pastor. A pastor called me and said, I'm going to text you, or are you doing okay? Preventative measure, because you never know what's coming. And so what happens is the oil keeps the infection from coming. So you go, well, nothing happened, so I don't even know why they were tripping. Preventative measure. It didn't happen because you were somewhere with a rod and a staff, and they saw something you didn't see, and so they just rubbed you down and anointed you with oil to make sure nothing did take place, okay? Okay? The second thing is to soften the blow. So when sheep are always flocking and pulling and tent coming together, following the lead sheep and bumping into each other, or when they're in a big herd, like when you go to work or you go to school and it's all these different type of sheep and they're moving together, they're moving so close together, they're bumping each other, the rams are hitting each other, they're scratching each other, they're butting each other. So what happens is when you've been anointed, what? It softens the blow. When somebody says something the wrong way, well, I went to church and I was, you know what, I, I, it's soften the blow. I had a Kenny say one time, he said, Pastor Darrell, I had a Pastor Darrell moment. I was about to go off and then I, I came to myself. And so you have a, you, that because you're going, what would my shepherd do? What would the lead, what would, you know, I can't get in touch with the shepherd. What the lead sheep told me to do? I'm anointed to do what? To soften the blow. Because I will tell you this about church and I'll tell you this about being in ministry. If you are easily offended, this may not be for you. But guess what? There's more for you. Let me tell you what else comes with that package. If you're in the world without God, you will be offended. So you'll be offended out there. You'll be offended in here. But guess what? If you sign up today, if you get offended in here, you get anointing. That's right. The anointing will come and soften the blow. But if you get offended out there without a shepherd or a rod or anybody to anoint you, guess what? you'll get hurt and you'll bleed and you'll get an infection and it'll turn into a parasite and you'll go from bad to worse because there was nobody there to say, you know what, I saw it coming, foresight. I know that was gonna happen or I know you're in a thicket. I know you got caught. I know you're hanging off a cliff and just stay there because the shepherd always goes after one and they will go to the edge of the cliff with you and say, I don't have to fall because all I have to do is hook you and pull you back in. You know what, you're going through a little bit, let me just carry you on my shoulders right now. Why do you my calling? Why does pastor call me all the time? You're on my shoulders right now, you walk with me. That's what Bishop Mayor used to tell me that all the time. He's a daughter, he would come in the office, open my door, what are you doing? Uh, I was working. I'm like, am I in trouble? Did I forget something? And he's like, what? walk with me. And that didn't mean he was going to stand there and wait for you to get off your computer. He meant, you know, Jarrell, Bishop meant, I'm going to start walking and you would what? You would want to catch up. And so I would be trying to put my shoes on and I'm flipping it out and I'm running and he, we weren't going anywhere in specific. It wasn't anything deep. He just needed me to walk with him. And he would do that sometimes and he would just walk and I was like waiting for him to tell me something deep. Just walk with me. Where are we going, Bishop? Doesn't matter. Walk with me. Walk with me. I got to go over to the other side of the building. Walk with me. I got to go talk to the sale man. And I'm like, I still don't know why I'm here. Just walk with me. 
um, you know what, get on your phone and call such and such and ask Pastor Vicki if she did, yes sir. And I'm like, I still don't know why I'm here. Just walk with me. And then he said, did you, did you, did you drive? Yes sir, I drove to church. Leave your car here, I want you to ride with me. Why, does that make sense to you? I, I don't know, okay, all right, I'll leave my car here and I'm just gonna go with you. And I be driving with them. Teresa, can you cook? Yes, I can cook, Bishop. What are we talking about? You're cooking dinner tonight. Okay, yes, sir. I don't know what's going on. And then he'd come home, and, and it seemed like it just made no sense sometimes. Jonathan, Teresa left her car at the church. Tell somebody at the church to get the extra key and bring the car back. And I'm like, I could have just drove myself. This is a 30, 45 minute drive. It doesn't matter. He wanted me close. He just wanted me close. So he was willing to put, then you never know what he's working out in what to call it because he, somebody else could be going somewhere where they didn't need to be, but they're the ones that he got to go get the car to go back to the church and get the car and bring it to the house. Then they come back to the house with the car. Bishop, uh, sir, I left, okay, the car's out front. Where are you, where are you about to go? Uh, home, why, sir? Okay, I need just come in the house. Okay, how you doing? You all right? Yes, sir. Okay, sit down, and we're sitting down. Why? Everybody's like, why are we here? Your shepherd just wants to be with you. Just, and because this is the thing, when you walk with the sheep, then you just begin to, to understand. You just begin to understand who they are. You see one little thing. You notice how they reach for something. You go, oh, that's who they are. Now I understand. Okay, so with this sheep, I got to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, with that sheep, oh, okay, I know. Oh, this sheep, I'm, I got to keep my rod on me. I can't put it down for a minute. That sheep over there, hmm, okay, they're pretty good. They're going to stay close because they don't like being on the outskirts. Oh, that sheep over there, always on the outskirts. That's my sheep that always falls off the cliff, but it's okay. I know. Come on, hook you back. Okay, you're about to fall, you're about to fall, you're about to fall. I you, you know, so you understand the nature of the sheep, and that's why when we go to the zoo and the lady starts telling me, No, Felicity. So I, I came in one time because Felicity is this beautiful, like a really bronzy copper color. And then one day I came in and I couldn't see her. I said, Oh, Grace, oh no, something must have happened. Felicity, and the guy said, Oh, no, 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 we shaved her down there. She is over there, but her coat, her undercoat is totally different. He said, now, I've been walking with Felicity for a couple years now, so when you come back and her coat starts coming in, she's gonna look totally different. It's amazing how the fur underneath this man was giving me all these little details about a sheep at the a sheep at the zoo but because he's been with the sheep for so long he understood the details of who the sheep was so number one last week why do you go to church because it strengthens your life but number two why do you need a pastor because you need somebody to pull you closer to God you need someone you're not always going to understand and let me just let you know that now let me just let you know that. And we, last week we talked about f servant leaders. F foresight, honey, it's foresight because we have to move in the prophetic. And one of the things my mother taught me, she said, let me tell you something, church is going to ebb and flow. People are going to come and glow. She said, but let me tell you something, you try to, do, you try to shepherd people without talking to God you will mess up the sheep. I said, yes, ma'am. So you have to get in the throes with God and, and, and call their name and say, Lord, what's going on with this person? I saw this and God will shepherd you so that you can shepherd them. Amen. And then if we don't get shepherded, then we don't know what shepherding looks like. So people, you can pastor a church, but if you don't have a pastor, you're bound to mess up. Because you have to know what it looks like when you're submitted so that when you turn around and ask somebody to submit to you, you can say, I'm duplicating that in my own life. So you know what it looks like. So then we go close out with, this, with the different types of sheep. Shepherd, I went through this before, but let's, it bears repeating. It bears repeating. Are you good? Does this make sense? Yeah. What types of shepherd? Amen. The different types of shepherd. The first type of shepherd is an attentive shepherd. 
This type of an attentive shepherd cares for flock, points them towards maturity in Christ. Very balanced, attentive. They pay attention to details, okay? This type of shepherd looks and says, um, you know, how's your cousin John? What? How'd you know about my cousin? Oh, you mentioned him in a conversation last week. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. Pay attention to details. And number two, a distracted shepherd. Very dangerous because a distracted shepherd will focus on the next phase of their ministry career and they may not focus on the sheep. So you have to be very careful when you have a distracted shepherd because a distracted shepherd, they're over there texting on their phone and the sheep fell off the cliff. Then they get all the way back to the pasture going, where's John? Oh, he's dead. He's, he, oh, <laughs> you missed that? We was trying to call you, but you were sending an email. You, you were promoting your book. So I love it because this is what's so critical in 1 Samuel. I love this. This, this verse, and, and it made me think about Hallel when I read it in a new place in my life, a new season. It says that because we read this all the time, we talk about David going for Goliath, and it says that David was now called into Saul's house, and he was working with Saul to calm his nerves, and so he played music for him. But it said that David went back and forth between the palace because he was still caring for the sheep. So he would play for Saul, make sure Saul would cover, and he would leave his sheep with an attendant, and he would go back, but he couldn't move into Saul's house because he was bound to the sheep. So it says that when, when Goliath and when the, the war was going on, it says his brothers were mad at him because he showed up. He had to bring them some food and he goes, hey, what's going on? What y'all doing? But it says this. It says that he you need, the, you need the air down? Turn somebody, turn the air down. It says, I'm sorry, I took my jacket off. I forgot to say we could turn the air off. I'm sorry, Marilyn. Okay, so um, gotta take care of the sheep. Make sure the sheep are okay. Put the heat on. Put it on 100 and then when the other hot sheep get cold, then we gotta make sure so, so we gonna figure this out. We go, you know. Now, I can't promise all this when we get to 100 people, but right now, make everybody comfortable. You can wear my jacket, okay? Because we're a family. So we got. But one of the things that, that David's brother said is this. He said, what are you doing over here on the front line? You don't know nothing about fighting. He said, and then this was the second question, but to me it said a lot about who David was. He said, and who did you leave those few sheep with? Just a couple sheep. So it didn't mean that he had this, this huge, humongous flock, but it meant he had a couple sheep. But what they were saying is, you are so concerned about those little bit of sheep. We can't believe that you came over here to give us some food, but, you, but I know you. You don't just leave those sheep with anybody. That's right. I may have a few, but I take care of who is under my authority. And because I take good care over these, I can take out Goliath because when I was taking care of my sheep, I had to grab a bear by my bare hands. I had to kill a lion with my bare hands. And so don't knock me because I only have a couple people in my flock. Don't do that. I take care of who is under my control. Okay, I know them by name. I know everything that they're going through. And so, yes, make sure, trust me and know, before I came over here to bring you your lunch, I made sure my few sheep that you called it, my few sheep were covered. So um, a pastor, a friend of mine in Long Beach, he called and said, Teresa, you came and spoke to my, um, my conference. He said, I want you to come Mother's Day. And I was like, ooh, I got to get back to you. Because I only may have a few sheep. Well, Pastor Daryl could do it, but I was like, babe, we ship her together. And I don't want to leave our moms on Mother's Day, but you can make some money. The other side of my head, you can go out and make some money. Oh, and it'll be good. You can go make some money. Then you can give a bigger tithe to church. Yeah, okay, so leave your little few sheep and make sure you go out there and get some money. My gut was like, yeah, something tells me don't leave on Mother's Day. Do we need the money? Yep. Should I be gone Mother's Day? It's not sitting well with me. And Daryl was like, well, babe, let's keep praying about it, but you know, 
We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but this is a test. It could very well have nothing to do with whether or not something's going to happen at church, but it is about me building a relationship with the mothers in the church. And if I need to be at my few little sheep on Mother's Day and give up a check and just say, you know what, mm, $750,000 on a good day and a good sunny Sunday morning, you know, I could use another $1,000. Or do I want to say, you know what, I was with my five mothers and I made sure that they got their gift bags because that's what's important. Focus, Pastor Daryl. <laughs> I know I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you guys because I was I was watching Joshua. <laughs> Joshua was like, "Girl, you better go. We gonna be all right. You better go get you a thousand dollars." Because that's what your flesh will tell you. But in my gut was telling me, mm, "I don't think you should do it." Guess what happened? I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm tripping. Let me go out there and just go." Mother's Day. I called him back. I said, "Okay." Um, I can, I'll come. He said, you know what? We changed it. Something in me just said, no guest speaker. We need to use somebody in the house. So can you just come in September? Woo, that's it. I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. Okay, that's it. I won't be there Mother's Day. But it's sometimes God just wants to know, what kind of shepherd are you? If I dangle $1,000 over here, will you leave these sheep over here? And then they'll see, well, when they come down to it, pastor goes and makes her little bit. She does her little thing. So, you know, that's how we roll. No, we do family first. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. So that whether it's 10 people or 1,000 people, we always make sure the house is covered. Okay? Attentive sheep, distracted sheep, ghost shepherd is the third one. There's no personal interaction, just pulpit lessons about tw twice a week, okay? It could also, these days, that could also be on the internet or whatever. You have no real connection. You may not really see a lot of them bringing you back in because they have no idea. They're just, they're, okay? Number four, developing shepherd. They focus on building leaders. Developing shepherd, always looking at in the future, how you so sometimes it's good. So this is how you know the difference of if I'm having a developing shepherd or a bully shepherd. The bully shepherd is just you ain't nothing, da 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 da, and there's no deposit. A developing shepherd will say what you did is wrong. You knew you can't do that, and this is why because you're going somewhere. I'm trying to help you get to a destination, and so a developing shepherd will look beyond what's going on, and they may have to tap you, but they're also telling you I'm trying to grow you into something bigger. Okay? A timid shepherd, timid shepherd don't want a timid shepherd because they're just afraid to let you grow because if you grow you might go and I want to keep everybody in here so I ain't going to give you you know um, they, I'm not going to give you the word that God is telling me to give you or I'm not going to pour into you what I need to give into you because that might make you too big and I can't handle big and I can't handle you being the leader that you're called to be a loving shepherd loving shepherd loving shepherd gives the nurturing your need during a rough transition in life okay a loving shepherd knows how to really pour in that anointing at the right time number eight a spoiled shepherd be very careful of this. Spoiled shepherd needs a lot of nurturing and attention from the sheep. They're not giving it to the sheep, but they want the sheep to, to make sure they're okay, okay? I'm sorry, I'm just a sheep, but you want me to make sure, okay, bow down and make sure you're okay. I'm, I'm a spoiled shepherd, okay? Spoiled, I mean, no, I'm not saying I am. Let me make that, let me, I'm, not, I'm not saying I am a spoiled shepherd. I'm saying when you are a spoiled shepherd, you're just, it's all about me, it's all about me. I don't have to do anything for you. It's all about me, okay? And somebody say balance. 
balance okay number nine a favoring shepherd this is interesting because they tend to just get focused to one small group in the church they don't focus on anybody else don't care don't want to know i you know i don't uh, that i got my little 10 people right here and it's all good okay 10 is very dangerous very very dangerous a carnal shepherd a carnal shepherd is dangerous because they are consumed with some type of sin or transgression that is keeping them from their call okay they're keeping them from their call. When you are a carnal shepherd, this is, what, this is why a carnal shepherd is really, 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 really important. Okay? They got to listen, listen, listen. Because this is very important. A carnal shepherd, if they have something going on in them that's off kilter, it will trickle down to you. Okay? Please hear me. A carnal shepherd, it will trickle down from you. The anointing starts at the head and does what? It runs downward, okay? So if the shepherd, if the shepherd is off kilter, and, they, and this is the thing, if you notice in our, um, in our um, 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 faith uh, declaration, if you notice we talked about, we talked about uh, sin, sin that I see, Willful sin, and we talked about transgression and abomination because a lot of people go, we all go, I don't know why people judge this thing and that thing, and I'm a, I will probably teach on it for a minute so that we can understand. There are levels to sin, okay? There are hidden faults. There are willful sins. There are then, this is what thing, when you continue in a sin long enough, it becomes a transgression. Say that with me, transgression. That becomes, it becomes part of your nature and who you are. You have that? You got that? And when something is a transgression, it is harder to get out of because it's built into your psyche and it is now a practice behavior and so you don't even see it as bad anymore and what you begin to say is well that's just who I am that's just what I do or that's just where I am oh you can't oh you judging me because of what I'm doing no you are so deep in a transgression and what happens with transgression is your heart begins to get hard and so God can't get to you as fast there used to be a time where you immediately convicted oh I shouldn't do that but now you're just like yeah and what and you get very haughty and prideful in it. And so then it's harder to pull you out. And so the Bible says this, the way, meaning the manner in which a transgressor lives, the way of a transgressor is hard. And that is why the Bible calls them backsliders because they have come, they have slid so far away in their wandering that it is a difficult road to come back. That's another reason why the rod and staff is so important because it pulls you in before that gets developed in your character. Does that make sense? So when you have a shepherd that has something built into their character, then you begin to practice the behavior. Why? Because you're walking together. And so whatever behavior is them, them, it begins to filter into you. So you have to be very careful with a carnal shepherd. Lastly, a fathering shepherd, extremely balanced in teaching and keeps the family atmosphere in the church because we're a family, so they keep that atmosphere in the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so uh, it goes on to say... In another verse that David was able to shepherd the people, shepherd the people, shepherd the people, cover the people, watch over the people because he had skillful hands and he was able to heal them. And we'll, we'll close on this, 2 Timothy 4 and 3, and you can stand to your feet. 2 Timothy 4 and 3 says this. It says, be careful of what? Itching ears. Itching ears. Itching ears when you want to hear something that feels good. 
You just want it to all be good and gravy and feel good and it feels good. I like this. This is nice. It feels good, but it may not be. Everything that feels good to you may not always be good for you, right? So it says in the last days, you have to know your theology, know your word, know your God because you don't want anything to itch your ear. What does the shepherd do? He anoints my what? My eyes? my ears, my nose, and my mouth, all the entrance ways into my soul, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you give shepherds to lead people, to guide people, and woe to the person that feels the need to shepherd themselves. When they panic so much that the shepherd can't even do their job, because they're out, of, they're out of control, their fear has set in, or worry has set in, or, or distractions have set in. Lord, let us be reminded as a family, as the word says, not every people, some people will always roll through here. It's just how it is. Because it says if they were with us, they would have stayed with us. Yeah. If they were really part of us, they could have stayed. But if they're not, we'll just come in and ebb out. But, Lord, I honestly believe there are some people that are called to be shepherded here. Lord, help us see the needs to have foresight to walk in the office of the pastor, to shepherd people, to pull them in and to comfort them, to know when to lay them on our lap, to know them when to call and check in daily, to know when they say, okay, they're doing good right now, to know when to push them as leaders and to know how to be submitted ourselves so that we will be able to teach it and duplicate it and show them how to just live life. Lord, open up their ears with the preventative measure when we just say, you know what, let's get together, let's do lunch. How are you? Meet me over here, walk with me over here, Lord. Because we're listening to you and we're saying, what is the need? And the need will always be met by the shepherd. Lord, bless this house as you prune us, as you cut back so that we can grow all the more. And Lord, let us cherish these days when we remember. Remember when it was just a small, a few sheep, but oh, did we love them. Lord, let us be wise enough to hear you concerning the lives that are in, of those that are in our care. Now, Lord, I pray for the sheep as we pray right now, and you're under the sound of my voice. Lay hands on your ears. And I pray, Lord, that they will be able to hear your voice through us, Lord. And hear your voice and know when they are being pushed to be leaders, pushed to be powerful, pushed to be blessed, pushed to be cared for. Lord, I lay hands on their eyes in the spirit. I stretch my hands out as though we're laying hands on their eyes and just saying, cover their eye gate, Lord. The things that they look for, the things that they view, the things, Lord, that will get into their life and change the fabric of who they are. Lord, cover the sheep. And we anoint them now, Lord for preventative measures, and to soften the blow. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And on that note, amen, you could clap. You can clap. Just um, as Jarrell worships, just grab an offering envelope on the middle tables, and we would ask that you would follow God and let God speak to you. The Q-Give is out in the back. Not working out. It's, yeah, it's not working. I'm sorry. I, meant, I didn't mean I said that wrong. But you can text your, um, 
you could text your gift. Nicole, I don't know if you have that, um, the screen, the giving screen, um, as Pastor Daryl comes. I wanted to, um, that was a great word. That was awesome. And, and what was so interesting is you talked about, you talked about something that I, you talk, talked about something I wanted to say in the announcements, but you brought it up. Oh, and I was like, must, must be of God. Uh, David is like one of my favorite uh, guys in the Bible, because I think David is just a straight OG. He's like the original OG. But we always, we always see the fruit. You know, he slayed Goliath. He led, he united Israel. He instituted 24-hour prayer. But David started off as a shepherd. And God knew he was going to be the shepherd. So he started off as a shepherd. He had a heart to serve, a heart to look after his sheep. And even after he became king of Israel, it was about the sheep, him and the Lord. And I, I'm saying that to say in this, this, this time of instant gratification, we want things now. It has to happen now. I want to be famous now. I want this now. I want, if God gave it to you, you wouldn't be prepared. So you couldn't keep it. So God's taking you through preparatory stages. And it's about patience. It's about faith. It's about walking with God. Everything he does is to draw you closer to him. I was reading, and, and Jeremiah said that, does not the Lord bring calamity and blessings? And he does. And then Paul said, all things, all things, all things work together for our good. Even if we don't understand it, even if, it, even if it's crazy, even if it's something that doesn't make sense, it's working out for our good. The only thing that we have to do is show up. We got to take the first step. So when you're, sh when, when you're a shepherd, she's like, bully shepherd. I was sitting in the back. I was like, she's saying I'm a bully. <laughs> yeah, I can be pushy. I'm pushing you to grow. When I was learning Hebrew from mom, I, wasn't, I was at her house. She's like, you don't know the alphabet? Go over that 500 times while I do the laundry. I'm like, what? So then when she started teaching at uh, Crenshaw? Crenshaw? Which, no, not West A, but at, yeah, West A. She, you were nice at, at Crenshaw. And when she started teaching at West A, I was like, oh, y'all got it so easy. They didn't know their alphabet. She was like, oh, okay, you got to learn it. I was like, what? They were like, you know yours so well. I was like, because I had to write it 500 times. Because she was throwing books, because she was, you know, I'm like, she would go to Target, and I would still be like, Olive, Bed, Gimel. I was like, that's how come I know it. You remember when we were at West Day, and they didn't know anything? We were sitting back and joke. But preparatory, God's taking you through these things. He's just not going to let you loose on it, because you're not ready for it. Even if you prayed for it, that desire of your heart, Amy, you prayed for it. You ain't ready for it. God's trying to take you through some things to strengthen you so you can get ready for it. But we don't want to do it. I want you to give it to me now. He's not going to do that because he loves you too much. 
That's like me telling Doc, go out, go out and go across the street and get this for me. She would walk straight into traffic. And because she's my child, I want to make sure she's okay. So I take her, and I take her out, walk with me. This is what we do when we get to the street. We look for the cars. We don't, and she's impatient, just like we are. But I want to do. I want to go. Ah, but she's not ready. And I'm saying all that because somebody needs to hear it. I don't, I don't mean to belabor the point, but I'm, somebody needs to hear that where you are is exactly where you need to be. God sees you. God knows what's going on. God knows what's going on down the street for you next year if you don't do what he said do today. How about when you don't do what he says do today? And when you get down the street, oh, he's like, yeah, told you to do it last year. Now we got to go through it this year. And you could have been further along. Amen? Amen. So as you prepare your offerings and your tithes and offerings, um, where's, oh, he left. <laughs> Kai, can you come forth? Oh, yeah, Kai, can you come up? So my nephew, he plays football out here. And uh, he came out here to play football. He's playing for uh, Mount Sac Junior College. They won the championship. They, they're state champions. They got their rings. Show them your ring. He brought his ring to show it to us. Put it on. I'll put it on. So they get these kinds of rings in college. <laughs> Junior college, whatever. Put it on. Put it on. Hold it up. Hold it up. Show us what you see. Now, grab, can you grab that and go around and collect the offering for it? <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So as he comes around, let's just go to God. Lord we, um, Lord, we come before you right now with what we have to give, Lord. In our obedience, we are giving, Lord, financially to support your church, Lord, the house of the Lord, where we come to commune with you, where we come to be refueled, where we come to be refocused, Lord, where we come to be nurtured, in some cases supported and encouraged, pushed to go deeper in our relationship with you, Lord. You always show up. You're always here. You always meet us here. We congregate together because we depend on one another. The spirit of the Lord seeks out our spirit, Lord. So we say thank you right now, Lord, as we give. May you bless our giving. Those who had it not, may you bless them, Lord. You are in the blessing business. You want to do what's best for us. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so I'm going to do the announcements.